Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good, making me look good. Nah. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's celebrating Shark Week. Yeah. Or Shark Fest, I guess. Mm, well, it depends. I should have put on actual Shark Week. We found out that there's a knockoff version of Shark Week, which is what we were diving into yesterday. Diving into? <laughs> I'm on a roll. <laughs> um, yeah, there is, there's like the off the great value brand of Shark Week. Um, okay, today is Wednesday, August 12th, 2020, 106 days till Thanksgiving, episode 1008. 1008, the number of innings pitched for Rick Helling in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. On today's show, friends, we're going to do a college football status check because that's what everybody's talking about, and so why wouldn't we? We are nothing if not just hammering home the same few topics. Yeah. And then back half of the show, we talked with Greg Powers, the next level athlete, to get the latest on recruiting, and I asked him what does the uh, yesterday's college football news and what could be more impending college football news do to the recruiting world. We will talk about that with Greg Powers coming up here at the back half of the program. Do we first fourth through the door? You remember today. Good I job. Um, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Christensen, Rob Hadaway, Meese, and Aaron Flynn. Welcome in, fellas. Okay. Uh, we announced it on the pre-show. But I will also throw it out there on the free show, which is... Which is this. This is the free show. Right. Friday. <laughs> hi. Friday, we're going to bring back Happy Hour Trivia. We could all use a drink after this week. Kahoot! We could all use some, uh, some, some fun. So we're going to do Happy Hour Trivia Friday, 5 p.m., Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Come play with us. Uh, even if you don't want to win, if you just want to fart around with us for an hour, you can. Uh, we'll be playing uh, trivia on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. We'll have all the instructions there. Um, but it'll be fun. I got to figure out what the prizes are, but, uh, grab a bevy, hang out with us. It'll be fun. So Texas or rather facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's 5 PM Friday. We'll be doing happy hour trivia, at least for one week only. Um, if things continue to get bad, we will, we might continue. Right. We will, uh, we will do that. So, uh, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's five o'clock on Friday. Okie dokie. Let's do a little bit of around the horn on college football because yesterday was a large day and we and do it went up in flames. We do cover college football here in the state of Texas. Um, okay, before we start, 
<clears throat> oh, here we go. A moment. Oh, no. <laughs> Hi. So the world has become very Hell. partisan. Just more and more and more partisan. And it is extremely frustrating to live in that world. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that, I don't even mean politics. What I mean by that is we have gotten to the point where if somebody tells you something you don't want to hear, you assume that they have like ulterior motives. That were like uh, there was there was a coach who I really respect who who went on Twitter the other day and said, "Boy, it seems like the media is rooting against football." Let me tell you something, okay? If there's no football in the fall, I, Greg Tepper, personally stand to lose a significant sum of money. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of skin in this game. If anybody wants football, it's me, mm-hmm. okay? But my job is to report what's going on. Mm-hmm. So if you have a problem with somebody telling you something you don't want to hear, that problem is on the receiving end. Mm-hmm. It is not on the transmitting end. Nope. Let's grow up a little bit. All right. There's that. So now let's talk about college football. So yesterday, unless you were living under a rock, there was uh, some rather large news coming down from college football. Uh, I would say it was not necessarily... I would say that it is not necessarily surprising... But, like, when the comet hits the Earth, it's, you know, even though you see it coming, it's still like, oh, It's geez, one of those pit of your, yeah, like the pit of right. your stomach <clears throat> feeling. And so, the news was that the Big Ten came out yesterday, right after the show, really, right about 1.30. Uh, reports started trickling out that the Big Ten was going to, I don't even know how to phrase it, they're not going to play football in the fall. They're going to attempt to play in the spring, whether that you, means you think it's postponement, whether that means you think it's cancellation, we can have that theoretical debate but uh you can do they said we're not going to play football in the fall there had been a lot of smoke around that starting really saturday that that was going to come down um the also not surprising is that the pac-12 pretty quickly followed suit about mm-hmm. an hour later because they're on the West Coast. Yeah, 3.30, about an hour and a half later. About an hour and a half later, they came down and they made the same announcement, saying we're not going to play in the fall, we're going to move to the spring. This is obviously due to the coronavirus pandemic. Again, if you've been living under... I was thinking about this the other day. Do you think there's anybody in the world who doesn't know there's a pandemic going on? That. Like, I, I mean, like, think, like, obviously babies don't know, but like, do you know what I mean? I can't even begin to imagine. Like, it's been going on long enough now. Like, maybe some person that lives in an igloo in alaska but yeah. like other than that like in the continental u.s yeah nah there's no way right anyway so <laughs> they uh, but the pandemic obviously having an impact on college football that is rather large and um look and i thought that actually there's there's a good read the pac-12 put out basically their medical report mm-hmm. on it and they laid out in pretty stark detail why their medical experts do not believe that it is viable to play football in the fall. Um, Which is something that I feel like definitely had to be put out there because it's still a little confusing to me how the 
medical experts that are talking to the SEC seemed, or the Big 12 or whatever <laughs> seem to think that it is completely 110% fine to play, but then you have medical experts on the other side of the U.S. saying, no, there's no way. So I felt like there had to be some sort of report put out of just saying, here's what we're looking at. Here's what at. we're looking at, right? Here are the decisions that we that we came up with, and here's what our experts are saying. And I thought that was important. Yes. It's worth a read. One of the big things that came out about it is that they are, and especially in the Big Ten, and there was there were some stories coming out on Sunday about this, that they are worried about... Um, I'm going to butcher this, but I think it's called myocarditis. Yes. Myocarditis is a um, is a heart condition that apparently COVID-19, like uh, it, it is uh, a lot of viruses will cause this, mm-hmm. like in, in, in like rare cases, but it sounds like there are now preliminary studies and anecdotal evidence that COVID-19 produces it more frequently. And that is, and it's from pe- in people that have been cleared of yes. the virus that they have healed fully, and then well, it's starting. Well, and to, we saw it, yeah. with um, oh gosh, what's his name? The Indiana football player. Oh no, I was actually going to say the um, I was actually going to say the um, uh, the the uh, Cedric Williams. Yes, Cedric Williams, the the Houston defensive lineman, who this was on Sunday announced that he was going to opt out of the college football season due to the coronavirus. Um, he got the virus in July. He was cleared and said he spent 14 days in quarantine. He was cleared. All symptoms went away. And then he went and he had, I don't, I don't have the story in front of me, but he had some sort of chest x-ray. Mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. Uh, he had some sort of look at his heart and they said, oh, you have this condition now mm-hmm. that, it is, that it's impacted your heart at least for the short term. And so his doctor said, no, you really should not play football. Right. Um, so that is one concern that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 had. And that, so that's two Power Five conferences. By the way, the Mountain West also canceled their football season. We're now uh, – that was so that's four FBS conferences, the MAC, the Mountain West, the, pa- uh, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten that, uh, that uh, said that they were going to uh, not play in the fall. You'll notice that actually that means the state of Texas is relatively untouched. Mm-hmm. There have been obviously everything. We're at the point now where basically anything below Division One has been scrapped. Right. Um, three FCS teams, Tarleton and then the SWAC teams, Prairie View and Texas Southern, that's been scrapped. Uh, we're still waiting to hear from the Southland. The Big 12 came out today. And they said that they are going to continue pushing forward for a fall season. They released a, 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 new, uh, a new schedule. They said that uh, conference play would start, I believe, on the 25th, which is basically kind of aligning with what the SEC did way back in like about a month ago. Right. The SEC has said we're going to stick to our we're going to stick to our guns for now. Uh, the ACC has kind of put out a said uh, say we're kind of waiting and seeing and things like that. I think that it is worth mentioning that we that that all of these things should be written down in pencil and i'm going to say that a lot uh write down everything in pencil do not take permanent marker to anything these days because because you're gonna need an eraser everything is changing drastically quickly and i think the big 12 and maybe this is my read of the situation i think the big 12 and the SEC and the ACC saying we're going forward for now means exactly that. We're going forward for now. 
right now there aren't students on campus or if there are it's like a limited number of students on campus mm -hmm. i think this is and i'm going to try to draw like clear delineations between what we know and what i think i think that those conferences want to see what happens when students come on campus and when kids are going to class mm -hmm. and when kids are going to parties because I mean, you can't ask a bird not to fly. <laughs> um, what happens then? And so I think that my read on the situation is that they are waiting. They don't want to pull the plug quite yet. Mm -hmm. Now, look, it's kind of a half glass full, half glass empty type situation. If you're a half glass full type of person, you can say, look, they haven't pulled the plug yet. We're moving forward. They put out a new schedule. And, and, and things are things are moving forward. Uh, it should be no, uh, be noted that Conference USA, I believe, is meeting today. Yes. Conference USA is meeting today. We don't know if they're going to make a decision. We don't. I don't. Haven't heard a ton from of, of, of rumblings from there. Reports from there. From what I've heard, you can. You. I would assume that you could expect them to follow suit, particularly with the Big Twelve. That okay. tends to kind of okay. be the overarching fact of that. Um, that just that both being FBS programs, okay. you kind of you kind of mirror after that, that. That sounds right. I would say that the next conference of any of them, because right now we're down to. Oh boy, let's see if I can do this. You have the three Power Fives. You have the AAC. You have the you have the Conference USA and you have the Sun Belt. Okay, those are the six conferences that are left. They're going to try to play in the fall. I think the next one, even if it is CUSA, even if it is um, the AAC, or even if it's a Group of Five mm -hmm. conference, that would be a pretty sizable shift because at that point, you right now you have four conferences that have said we're not playing. You have six conferences that have said we are, mm -hmm. or at least are for now. The next one to shift could be a tipping point, in my opinion. Which is kind of what we looked at with the Big 12 in mm -hmm. the Power 5 realm was they almost seemed, not to use a political term, but it's pretty right. accurate. Uh, they were the swing vote on that is right. what it, it kind of seemed like. So the other thing, and, and this is something that, I, that I've heard a lot of, is you're seeing a lot of players and you're seeing a lot of coaches come out and say, come on, we need to play. Like, we want to play, we want to play, we want to play. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Like, of course players want to play. And of course, coaches want to coach. Like that's, it's in what their name. <laughs> it's what they do. They want to. I would question people who are like who like coaches who are like mm, I don't know. Like I don't know if if, if if I want to play. It's not a matter of want to. Is my question. And furthermore, I appreciate that. But I will also say that there is a reason why the infantry doesn't draw up battle plans. The reason, like, like. The, the passion that people have for playing and participating in sports can only like it can it can cloud if it if we should if that makes sense mm -hmm. um that is something that i i'm i'm sensitive to but also like there's a reason that like we don't like there's a reason that we like elect leaders and we have leaders like they are the ones who have to weigh all the options uh, a lot of coaches and players are coming out and saying we want to play, and I respect that, but that's like they are not necessarily in the room with all these decisions, well, like with, with all the information that, they, that well, these, these presidents that, have. That's what you said, too, is you can expect that there, there are going to be the mass sum of those players who 
realize the importance of their actions to know that if they want to play, they cannot go out to the parties. They cannot go right. into friends' dorms or dorm rooms and hang out all the time. But the reality of the situation is you're not going to get every single college athlete on that same page. They're going to think, eh, no, I'll be fine. And they're going to go to the party and then and that's th- going to happen. And, that, and that's why, like, I am I'm guarding my heart. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I'm doing is I'm guarding my heart and maybe that makes me pessimistic, but I'm just I'm, I'm guarding my heart and I'm saying, okay, we'll see now realistic. <laughs> that's just me. You know, that's just me. I'm, I'm guarding my heart. I don't want to get my hopes up and then get dashed. Right. So I'm kind of we'll see what the Big 12 coming out and saying we're going to play for now doesn't necessarily like the Big 10 and the Pac-12 also put out new schedules mm-hmm. and now they're done. So one day at a time, there's that one day at a time, one week at a time, like we'll get through it. Now, there's the big question of how does college football impact the UIL? How does it impact high school football? And I think this is a big question that a lot of people have. And it's complicated because, look, the UIL operates by itself. They are under no obligation to go through. And if the Big 12 makes some decision or the college or the NCAA makes some decision, they are under no obligation to follow that decision. They can do, they can march at the beat of their own drummer. Um, furthermore, that is a, um, they are a, the, the UIL has put out their plan. We do not have any indication that they are going to change off of their plan for now. Uh, and so, yeah. Now, look, I also think that they are not, they are keeping their ear to the ground and they are not naive to the situation. What I mean by that is if college football gets moved to the spring, if every, or, or college football gets canceled, postponed, whatever you want to call it, they're not, if they don't play in the spring, in the fall, right? I'm done with those terms. If they don't play in the fall, the UIL doesn't operate in a vacuum. The UIL would, at that point, have a lot of hard questions to answer. Mm-hmm. And they would, in fa- at that point, feel more pressure. Mm-hmm. Now, everything I've heard from the UIL is they are full steam ahead. They want to play as their current schedule is indicates. But again, all I would say, if we've learned anything from the past six months, five months, whatever, write down everything in pencil. Right. and We're still waiting. It's the same. It's the same comparison to yep. would Conference USA cancel just because the Big Twelve canceled. It's it's the exact same comparison of they don't have to no unless the NCAA comes out with an overarching everyone has to move not yep. play in the fall. Then that's the only way that that would happen. But it does start to add that you you do you yes. feel the pressure. It's the same comparison there as it would be to an FBS going you know yes. So that is. Um, that's some, that, that's what we know. Like the answer is we don't know. Like maybe mm-hmm. that it might impact them. It might also not impact them. They might say, you know what? We're going to do our own thing. We feel comfortable that we can make high school football happen. Um, the pressure would be there. The pressure would be there. Like make no mistake. The pressure's there now, mm-hmm. but it would get ramped up if college football were to say we can't do that. But the decision ultimately does not have to be there. Yes, exactly. So um, there you go. That's the college football <laughs> check. Right now, as of right now... At this moment, how many Southland teams are there in Texas? Eight? Yeah, seven? Eight. Seven? Eight? 
something like that. Um, In the we have <laughs> there are twelve FBS teams that are still playing right now, mm-hmm. and then there is also the Southland Conference. That is what's left as far as college football in the state of Texas is concerned. We will find out more when we have more information. We will bring it to you. That is a status check on what college football looks like. Yell at me in the comments. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking Football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Become a Dave Campbells Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Earlier today, we had to go to the hotline. Long story short, basically. In the mobile Greg Powers Memorial. Yeah. Powers Basically, Powers... um, Powers was uh, like his his internet Being connection powers. was not good. His internet <laughs> connection was not good. Anyway, we call up with Greg Powers to talk a lot about recruiting, including what the Big Twelve, Big Ten, and Pac 12s cancellation, postponement, whatever, um, means for recruiting. Here is our conversation this week in recruiting with Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete on Texas Football Today. I'm Greg Tupper. That's Greg Powers, and this is this week in recruiting. It's this week in recruiting with Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter, G Power Scalfall, Next Level Athlete on Twitter, on Next Level D1. You're joining us on the phone because your internet's bad. Yes, it is. I actually think this is our first phone in in two and a half years. So, a, hopefully, not a new tradition, but a new experience today for the This Week in Cruton fans. That's, that's not bad. I would say that once in, in two years is, is probably okay. You're on a hot streak. You're on a hot streak. That's right. <laughs> uh, there's a lot to get to in the world of recruiting. Um, We'll start, I guess, like, I, I want to ask you kind of a big picture question. I know I've asked you this before, but now it's becoming, um, we, we've had the announcement yesterday that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to move their season or, or they're, they're postponing. At the very least, they are not playing in the fall. They are going to attempt to play in the spring. Um, I would say that there is a greater than zero chance that every other conference follows. Um, I guess there's a lot of questions as far as how that would affect recruiting. Uh, what are your initial reactions to what we would see as far as recruiting moving around? Should college football move whole hog to the spring? Well, we've kind of talked about this in the past. I think the NCAA would have to change um, the signing timeline for sure. First and foremost, the, the, the recruits and the universities will not be ready to sign players in December, especially if they've had no evaluation time. They've had no um, opportunity to really get to know and learn each other. Uh, It's going to put both parties in a very tough situation to move forward, to have the early signing period that we've grown accustomed to over the last couple years. And I think it even puts a lot of stress on the the traditional February national signing day, um, you know, which is always, you know, at the very beginning of February, that Wednesday where everybody gets to celebrate their signings. A little known fact about that national signing day is that is not the day that you have to sign. Mm-hmm. That is the first day that you're allowed to sign. So I think that date is r- around April 15th um, that you can extend your signing to. So you may see some players um, take a longer look in the spring at schools, and that's if there's no adjustments made by the NCAA whatsoever. So if the NCAA does make some adjustments, I think it makes sense to extend that period at least until maybe June 1st. Mm -hmm. That way they can make their decisions and um, still have time to enroll in time for summer conditioning at the college of their choice. I think that benefits both parties. But 
we're in the great unknown right now, not only with recruiting, but college football in general. And driving around, um, I'm, I'm down in Waco today, but driving down to Waco today, a, a thought that I had was like, how does this affect even top prospects, top NFL prospects? Right. You know, Ohio State is a team that's loaded um, in the Big Ten with top NFL prospects. And how does that hurt their stock? And if they're playing in the spring, how does that affect the NFL draft? You know, there are just so many questions right now with everything that's going on. And, and we're not going to have all the answers right away. Right. And, and, and I think it's worth mentioning something I'll just say over and over and over is write everything down in pencil. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing, nothing is for sure right now that the big 12 just came out and they released a revised schedule and that's great. Uh, let's, let's see. I'm saying let's, you know, every write down everything in pencil as we can see things can change pretty quickly. All right, let's get to the, uh, the recruiting news of the week. Let's start with our prospect on the rise for our prospect on the rise. We're going down to Corpus Christi to Cal Allen, uh, where their 2021 offensive tackle Ty Buchanan had quite a week picked up offers from, <laughs> Texas Tech, USC, Oklahoma State, and San Diego State. Uh, he already had offers from places like Colorado, Indiana, Vanderbilt, and, and a bunch more. Um, this is a guy who is really, really impressive and, and a, a team that is known for putting out, uh, having strong offensive linemen. Uh, Ty Buchanan, just the latest in that in that list. You know, I, well, taking a closer look at his film last night, it was kind of amazing that he's flown under under the radar somewhat with, you know, especially the in-state schools for so long. But another thing that this, and I'll say, you know, I don't know what we call it, quarantine recruiting. I don't, I don't know what exactly what the proper term is. We should probably trademark some saying for how we want to, uh, what we want to call recruiting in 2020. But what is very interesting is that you've seen actual recruits speed up their commitment timeline and there's more commitments not only to the top schools but spread out across all schools um, there's been more commitments from prospects in texas and one thing i, I noticed as some offensive linemen came off the board ty buchanan's picked up a lot of steam and it's easy to see why he's six five 290 pounds he's an easy six five he fires off the ball and you know, the highlights show that he has a mean streak, and I love to see that. You get really excited when you see that on tape. So, you know, it, there's no it, – there's it's easy to see why he started to blow, blow up in Big 12 schools like Texas Tech and Oklahoma State have now identi identified him, and he's getting an offer all the way out to the West Coast with USC. So this is a kid who's going to continue to pick up traction as you're looking for a guy who can be a true tackle. I think this is a guy who could be that but he's also mean enough and nasty enough to move inside and be a true run blocker at the next level as well. A lot to like about him. Obviously, a program with pedigree down there at Cal Allen. Let's go to our commit of the week. Our commit of the week, going to Maynard. Uh, they have a safety, Devin, uh, Devin Lemire, who has pit, pulled the trigger. He is committing to Baylor. Had offers from all over, including Texas, TCU, Tech, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Utah, etc. Uh, this is a guy who... It feels like when you watch his tape, he's on one side of the field and then you blink and he's on the other side of the field. A guy who can make plays all over. I love the next level athlete scouting report on Lemire when it said he competes hot blooded. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what you see on tape. I think he's a guy who could play some corner too, but why take him away from a position at safety where he's able to, to, to patrol the entire field and cover the entire field and use tackling to, um, as one of his strengths 
I really love his tape as a tackler, and he's only going to get better as he adds some size. And for Baylor, this is a huge win. If, if you'll recall, Lemire was at one time committed to TCU. So, you know, I look at Baylor's traditional rival in the Big 12 as TCU. I know that there's been some back and forth over that in recent years. You can look at Texas as being a big rival for Baylor as well. But I think Baylor and TCU are the traditional Big 12 rivalry when it comes to football. So for them to be able to get him, they didn't really flip him because he's been decommitted for a while. But to be able to get a kid that was once committed to TCU, I know that the Baylor coaching staff is probably pretty happy about that. And they also added a commitment this week from offensive lineman Ryan Lingle from Dallas Jesuit, Mm -hmm. who had an offer from Texas as well. So good week uh, on the recruiting front for the Baylor Bears when it comes to top recruits in the state of Texas. We're talking with Greg Powers, next level athlete here on This Week in Recruiting on Texas Football Today. Get involved with the conversation, hashtag TF Today. All right, let's move to our underclassman of the week. Our underclassman of the week, uh, going to the class of 2023. So a kid who is about to play his sophomore season, Plano John Paul II, cornerback Terrence Brooks, now has 15 offers as he added offers from Georgia Tech and Notre Dame this week. This is a guy with great bloodlines, a guy who is a uh, uh, is is uh, has outstanding skills, and if you pick up the uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Recruiting Edition, or rather the 2020 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, you will find his name as one of the top 25 prospects in the class of 2023. Uh, here's a guy who uh, uh, people are going to get to know for the next couple of years. Yeah, and I think it's it behooves a lot of colleges out there to go ahead and throw their hat in the ring for Brooks because he has a strong Texas A&M lineage. His father, Chet Brooks, um, played safety in Aggieland, so I think that you really can't afford uh, to wait if you want to try to get in the mix for him. Texas A&M is already offered, but he also has all in-state offers from schools like TCU in Texas, and then the big dogs like LSU and Oklahoma have also offered him in addition to Notre Dame this week, so his offer list is pretty impressive for a kid who's just now getting ready to step foot on the field as a sophomore, but he did make an impression last year. You know, JP2 went to the state championship. It was kind of a surprise team in taps last year in some regards. They had a lot of talent, but I don't think a lot of people were picking them to go to that state title game. He had 47 tackles, nine pass breakups, and three interceptions to help lead a defense and lock down one side of the field on a defense that did play in the state title game and returns a ton of talent this year. So uh, Terrence Brooks is definitely a name for everybody in the state to know, and I, I got a feeling they all will by the time he signs his name on a dotted line on a letter of intent. Finally, let's get to our recruit of the week. Our recruit of the week, uh, going to DeSoto, although he has a tie to uh, jo- uh, Plano John Paul II as well. We're talking DeSoto wide receiver Jerron Bradley. He has accepted an invitation to play in the Under Armour All-American game. Uh, he is a Texas Tech commit, a former uh, John Paul II uh, player, transferred to DeSoto. Um, and uh, help lead them to the title game. This is a guy who, from a receiver perspective, at 6'5", 190, um, they say you can't teach that. That is uh, something that you, uh, you, 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 can't, uh, you, can't, uh, you can't just ask a kid to grow taller. 6'5", this guy is a big-time target. You know, and I really wanted to talk about Bradley because he's one of those guys in the DCTF Hot 100 that's not a four-star. He's in that. 50 to 75 range when you're rated 50 to 75 you're a really talented player in texas and i have this sinking suspicion that when we look back at the rankings and if bradley has the type of college career that i suspect that he can have that you're that i'm personally going to be kicking myself as how was this guy not a 
How is this guy not a four-star? How is he not in the top 50? There's just such a limited amount of spots. You know, when you only have 50 spots and there's a type of talent in the state of Texas that we have, you have to make some tough decisions. And can he have the type of senior year at DeSoto that sees him rise up the ranks a little bit and earn that four-star? He had a tremendous year as a junior. His numbers were insane at John Paul, of course, forming a nice duo with uh, Grace and James there um, last year. Now both of those guys are gone. So um, it'll be interesting to see what JP2 does with that offense now that they lost a couple of their big-time playmakers within it. Uh, but I think Bradley's going to be the guy at DeSoto, and he'll get a, he'll get an early taste of what college may be like because that's usually one of the toughest districts for defensive back talent. So he's going to be tested this year and should enter uh, Texas Tech ready to go and, and be an early contributor there for the Red Raiders. He's a big-time playmaker for the DeSoto Eagles, uh, a guy to keep an eye on, Jerron Bradley, the wide receiver from DeSoto. He's Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. And, of course, see his fine work at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. Powers, enjoy your trip to scenic Waco, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is, Greg Powers, the other Greg. <laughs> what if he is— Greg 1B. What if he is Greg 1A? I didn't say he was. I, I didn't say he's Greg 2. I said he was okay. Greg 1B. Okay. We're on okay. even footing. A's a little higher than B, but like that's fine. It's fine. Someone's got a heel lift in. Greg Powers of Next Little Athlete joining us as he always does every Wednesday. All right. Let's go to Ashley Pickle, our chief Facebook correspondent. Oh, my. For. America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. <laughs> that's, no, that's a terrible job. That's Wilkerson's job. I don't, I don't want to dive into that. No, uh, so... This is the good part of Facebook. Yes, yes, Our yes. comments are usually, <laughs> usually, <laughs> not exclusively, usually pretty good. Yes, yes, I will agree with that. Everything else on Facebook makes me... Ugh. Um, but uh, I think it was Rob Hathaway had shared... Uh, he shared a link for that you could go to to find places that you could donate plasma because, for coronavirus stuff. Oh, which like I if thought, you have the antibodies. Yes. Yeah, because I think there's like an... Not a doctor! <laughs> um, we need a flashing Not light. a scientist. Um, but from what I have understand, like if you've had coronavirus and you've recovered, you have antibodies that then they think that can help like people who are really in a really bad way with it, that can help to, to, to get them in a better way. Right. Um, I actually have a story about plasma or tr attempting to donate plasma. Yeah, let's go. I, uh, it, when I was in college, a lot of my friends did it. A lot of my roommates did it just on a fairly frequent, like basis where it's still healthy and you're not doing it too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never done it because doctor type stuff is just not my cup of tea. Um, and so they were right as I was going to study abroad, they were doing like this unbelievable sale type thing where you could make like a bunch of money and only go like four or five times. And I was like, I can deal with needles for like four or five times for that sum of money. Um, and so I go with some of my roommates and they go back and get to do it. And I, it was my first time. So I had to go through like all the like testing and stuff like that to make sure I was good to actually donate. And we're going and I noticed the the nurse kind of gave me a weird look when I walked in and I was like okay and so anyway it comes to find out quite literally the nurse looked at me after running like two tests and she goes sweetie you're gonna have to get in a gym and beef up those twig arms if you yeah. want to donate plasma and I was like like that's word for word what she said and I was like 
Excuse you, these are the cannons. Thank you very much. There is quite literally, quite literally, uh-huh. nothing worse. Ooh. Uh, Ashley Elam of um, KBMT is um, announcing or um, is is um, just tweeted that Longview is going to play Westbrook October 15th in Lufkin. Uh, that would be a replay of the 2018 title game. So there's that. Anyway. That's cool. Um, yeah. The, yeah. That's that's there's nothing worse than giving blood and like they can't find the vein and they're just yeah. like, digging, digging around. Um, yeah. That's, but she, she yeah. She was like like they're generally anyway if you are more of a thinner smaller human it's harder for like they don't get much plasma out of right. you anyway but yeah i she was like sweetheart you're gonna have to beef up those twig arms if you want to do this and i right. was like well i'm gonna take my twig arms and i'm gonna leave you so should. i wasn't able you <laughs> should but i just yeah there's my plasma story so if you uh if you have twig arms you might want to yeah. beef them up before you try to help people with covid <laughs> anyway all right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks, Greg Powers, and XL Athlete, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.